No. A lot? Well, we got some snow here. Well, some is not a lot, Howard. He said a lot. No, that's a good well, point. Maybe in Howard's mind, any snow is <laughs> it's, a lot. Well, that's actually right. No, you're right. <laughs> you caught me right there, Dan. First of all, Fred's right. And secondly, you're right. Yeah. That gets tedious, eh? Snow? Fred's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> That's also right. So tedious. Um, yeah. I, you're right. Everybody's right. How about uh, where you are in Lisa land? It's uh, in, in the Peterborough zone. We had about three, two, two, three inches. Whatever that works out centimeter wise. 10 to 15. Yeah, the ground's covered here. Yeah, uh, Bram Tooney. Snow plows are out doing their thing. So. Yeah, it's not the snow that's aggravating. It's the uh, bitter cold temperatures. The bitter cold? Yeah. What's bitter cold to you? By the this, way? whatever this is, minus three. <laughs> and this is nothing. I know. No, I know, man. I'm at Johnny Slapshot's game yesterday, and I come out, and, you know, it's around zero, but sl- the parking lots are slushy, and it's damp, and just, like, miserable. Yeah. I, you know, as my father once said, oh, you should be used to this. You grew up in this weather. I'm like, well, there's a reason I don't live there anymore. And, and I'm fully aware that a minus one or minus two isn't bitterly cold. But it was to me a couple of times with the wind. I Just getting in and out of the car, doing errands and things. Um, yeah. You know, my... Um, I I lost, uh, just on that point, quickly as I think about it, I spent some time with a uh, former neighbor, John, over the weekend. It was great to catch up. Oh, it really was. But losing his, him as a neighbor means I gained him as a snowplow because where he moved up north of here in the Orangeville area, he had to buy a plow for the front of his pickup truck. And it's pretty cool because when it snows now, he just comes by my place and looks after me. Really? Yeah. How, how long of a drive is it for him? Oh, he's back and forth all the time. He's a busy man. His oh, parents see. live in Etobicoke or whatever. And Oh, I see. So it's yeah. nothing to do a swing around to Freddy's and no. do a little. Did you have enough to even have it plowed? No, no, no. I'm just saying in those situations. I'm talking when it's crazy. When a 66-year-old man shouldn't be shoveling snow. No. You know, along comes the pickup truck with the snow plow on it. When is it that a 66-year-old man shouldn't be uh, shoveling snow? It, well, it's well, not any time. Would be, uh, never? Dan, it depends on what shape you're in, but apparently, you know, the pressure it puts on this and that and what have you and everything, it's not the best thing to be doing. Uh, okay. All unless right. you're in top-notch shape, and that I do not qualify for that classification. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Dan, do you still consider yourself in top-notch shape? I, I consider myself in pretty good shape. I wouldn't hesitate to, to shovel having. Well, last year I, I shoveled all winter. I made, uh, you know, snow bars and oh, uh, that's right. ice things. So it's yeah. a good way to stay in shape. I, I agree. You shouldn't like kill yourself the first day, you know, work up to it. You know, when you start to feel exhausted, that's enough. You know, no, you're right. I mean, I don't have any shoveling to do here, although legally, according to the city of Toronto, and I do take care of the front walk, we're responsible and this is for you to know as well if I'm not here. We're actually responsible as a um, citizen <laughs> to... Citizen of the world? <laughs> no, a okay. citizen of Toronto. 
Uh, right, that area right, okay. in front, you're supposed to keep the part from the sidewalk to the, the road right in front of your building. You're supposed to keep right. that clear in case somebody falls and makes a claim. Well, right. Dan, Dan won't agree with that. I, I smell a call to his local, your local counselor. Why should I be responsible for that? That's a city sidewalk. Well, is uh, what about when the uh, the snowplow comes along, puts that little hedgerow or whatever they call it, a snowplow row, right next to the curb there? Do you, you have to clear that off, too, or what do you do? Are you talking about on the road or on the sidewalk? On the sidewalk. Does it come up to the sidewalk? Well, that's the thing is there's a sidewalk plow. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, well, where do you put the snow? Because your, your, your place yeah. is right on the street. There's sidewalk. And that's and not what they're talking about. I'm talking about, oh. like, the sidewalk plow comes along... And um, plows the sidewalk. Plows the sidewalk. <laughs> I, I don't have to worry about what happens on the street. But there is. I mean, I've been here six years. There is a some ordinance that says if you know you need to keep that front walk clear, and right, right. and sometimes it's a drag because the sidewalk plow, you know, distributes the the, the snow towards us and the door. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just say I go out there after it snows, and I that's the only shoveling I've had to do since I moved here. Yeah, you have to watch it. How many people have looked out? Why is Papa laying in the driveway? <laughs> Look at Papa. He still he wants to do snow angels, but his arms aren't moving. That's right. He's just twitching a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Papa. Um, somebody on Twitter, and I know, you know, we're not doing emails today, but I do have two quick notes. One is uh, our buddy. He's a, a regular listener. Old Tom Morgan is his name. And uh, he tweeted out last night to our Twitter account. He said, will there be 30 minutes on winter glove shopping <laughs> on tomorrow's show? If yes, count me in. <clears throat> and I wrote him back and I said, dude, don't give away all the good shit. <laughs> I said, tomorrow we'll also, trans- we'll also talk about transition- transitioning to winter boots and mm-hmm. how sometimes my farts sound judgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keith uh, Keith Wieland or Wieland Wieland yeah yeah sent me a picture it was great John huh of John I, love Lennon. Yeah, I loved it <laughs> wearing a Habs sweater and signing an autograph or something he said Freddie what do you think of this and I said I was just honest I said Mark David Chapman should have shot him before that picture <laughs> <laughs> that's right that, yeah in case people hey. didn't hear what Fred said it was it was a picture of John Lennon not John his grandson. I said John. Lennon. No, I know, but I was talking over you. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's yeah, really and, uh, funny. I did, and he was a bit taken aback, and I said, "Just all in the spirit of comedy, you know, I love John, and you know, it was a tragedy and everything, but you feed me with something, I got to, you got to deliver on some level, right?" I, I loved was- it. Well, my response was, "It's it, that's why he shot him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why Lennon got shot. He's wearing a half sweater. <clears throat> Uh, I do want to talk about transitioning to winter boots, though. And All right. it's very simple. I've just got it's, it's funny. That's what the snow did, Dan. You started this. <laughs> so I have a pair of winter boots, the decent ones, just sort of low cut. And this was this was the amount of snow that would cause me. I took Stan out for a couple walks wearing, you know, proper grown man's boots. Do you have those, Dan? Yes, I took them out of storage on the weekend as well. And uh, yeah, I have a pair of uh, kind of like gum boots with a, a felt liner in them. Oh, for, very for nice. Quick access to the mm-hmm. backyard if you need yep. to. And I also have a lace-up pair that uh, I wore most of last winter and uh, are quite warm and ready to go. Will those be uh, making an appearance in the back uh, shoe area here? Yes, they will be. The, Fantastic. Uh, yeah. 
Because the winter boot is uh, currently needed here in Peterborough. Because my <laughs> well, it's needed here, will dude. Not, will not suffice anymore. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, somebody else uh, sent us a note. Um, I guess this was on Apple. Last week, the uh, Apple review was uh, these two dinks are full of hate or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person gave us five stars and says, thanks to these two dinks, I laugh every day. Dan, we cannot call you a dink as that word is not descriptive enough for you. <laughs> wink, wink. Stay strong, guys. <clears throat> and that's via Apple Podcasts. Mikey. Uh, B. By the way, speaking of Apple Podcasts, in Canada, I haven't looked at this for a while, but we are ranked 147 on the top uh, comedy charts. To you uninitiated, maybe, maybe that doesn't sound very good, but there are tens of thousands in that comedy category, and I, uh, for the first time, went through, and I wanted to just count how many in the top 150 are Canadian podcasts. And there's about seven, including us. The other does that include the CBC ones? Because they shouldn't even count. It does. So the only ones that beat us in Canada are three or four CBC shows and a couple others that I do not recall. But the others, the other ones are of famous people's. um, God, I should have had it open, but doesn't matter. But mostly Mm -hmm. of those hundred and so we're hundred and forty seventh. But probably easily in the top 10 of Canadian produced comedy podcasts. And we, uh, we beat all the sort of remanufactured uh, Canadian morning show podcasts. All of them. All of them. Crush them. Crush them. Crush them, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is why I don't bring this stuff up enough. Um, 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 Smartless is still number one. You know, in the top five are Conan O'Brien, Dana Carvey. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's pretty interesting. There aren't very, there aren't very many Canadian produced podcasts in the comedy category. There really aren't. Um, yeah, uh, Lori Love sent me a link to uh, Gretzky was on. Remember, I talked. Well, he was on Smartloose. So it was a great show, and then he was on Conan O'Brien. I haven't listened to it yet, yet, uh, but. I think Gretzky did a book or something, so he's doing the circuit. So he was on Conan O'Brien. I still have to listen to that. But I'm thinking if he's doing the circuit, I wonder if Boone could ever arrange to have him come on this show. That's not that much of a reach, you know. He's Canadian. Yeah, you know, I think he's Canadian and he... There might be some... If it ever the word ever got to him, there might be some level of compassion there that... I mean, of all the many things that we suffer from, uh, we have a bit of a PR problem because somebody like Gretzky would have never heard of us. But if we had the right kind of, you know, I'm not not saying Boone doesn't do this, but, you know, by way of introduction, you know, here's the Humble and Fred podcast, 11 years, you know, top ranked, one of the top ranked Canadian comedy podcasts. In fact, I'm just looking at it now. A Canadian doesn't show up on this list on Apple Canada. By the way, that for context, Dan, this isn't Apple the world. It's the Apple comedy podcast category for Canada. Mm-hmm. The first one that shows up is our buddy Steve Patterson, but it's the show of the debaters, CBC. Right. 
Then the uh, next one, I think, is a French one in, in the 44th place. And then you really have to kind of scroll through. The rest are all like Adam Carolla. Um, oh, there's another one. Laugh Out Loud with our friend Ali Hassan. Another. Now that's a CBC one. That's 79th. So there's three. And as you scroll through it, they're all some of the biggest stand-ups in the world. You know, people that uh, you see on Netflix. There's three in the top 100. And then you get to Humble and Fred. You know, around 147, and, you know, it's pretty good. So we could safely say in a PR note that we're definitely in the top 10, probably in the top five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like the debaters, that's not even a fair comparison because they have the machinery of CBC. You know, on you know, watch the hockey game on a Saturday night in their promoting podcasts, their podcasts. We don't have that. You know, I think it would be safe to say, Dan and Fred, that there isn't another podcast on here from Canada that doesn't have a supporting CBC Mm -hmm. association until you get to us. Dan, would you like us to be taken over by the CBC? And then would you enjoy the program? (laughs) (laughs) Would that would that make you happy finally? Yeah, I would be. Um. On Adam Carolla, he might do himself a favor by just staying out of politics. Like, he's just so right and wingy and wacky that I've seen a few things in my uh, in my YouTube rabbit hole sometimes. It's like, you know what, Adam? Just shut up. Do your comedy thing. You sound like a f- freaking fool. He really does. And it's funny, him and Jimmy Carolla are such good friends. And, and, Jimmy, or, Kimmel. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy um, uh, Kimmel. Such friends I, I wonder what their conversations are like because <laughs> kimmel's the other way although i shouldn't say kimmel's the other way not as extreme the other way he's just like a normal <clears throat> observant guy yeah i wanted i wanted to actually i wrote something down that you just sort of touched on i want to get to it a little bit later in the show which is excuse me something that you we often touch on uh, when we talk about cnn versus fox and how you know say what you want about the left and the radical left, you know, and in the States, they mean radical by what they, their definition is socialism. Right. But I wanted to touch on this a little bit later, how there really isn't a left wing version of QAnon and, 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 but, and those kind of things, because there's a story that I want to bring up about a woman who was on television. It was OAN or one of those ones mm-hmm. talking about the children being stolen in the States and where do they go? She she believes the Democrats are drinking baby blood to um, avoid aging. Well, there's yeah. no equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to get to that later. By the way, Dan, we're also doing very well in Algeria. Oh, excellent. We're I was going to ask. What, what, uh, <laughs> you were going to ask about our Algerian uh, yeah, comedy. They're, they're, in the Algerian comedy podcast world, Dan, yeah. we're in the top 125. <laughs> Fantastic. We're really doing well. Yeah. So we're 147 in Canada. Is that correct? As of uh, December 10th. So this is two days old. So we may have dropped by, you know, in the last couple of days. But as of that moment, we were 147. What's 146, do you think? Well, I'm going to open that back up. Thank you, Dan. So we, uh, you know, something, a goal to, uh, you know, climb the charts. I mean, we have to, like, do something to achieve something. So we have to do something to take over the 146 spot. No, that's a good point. Um, I'm looking at the uh, most the uh, the latest one, and we may have dropped, but I mean, we don't have any other association. We're independent, 
And I can't find another independent Canadian. You know, none of those redone morning shows. There's no Canadian comedian with their own podcast that out, you know, um, performs us. And yet we're uh, without nominations in any of these categories. Very nice. Yeah. Um, can I all just uh, touch on a couple of entertainment, uh, uh, pop culture uh, subjects uh, before we move on? Um, before we start the show, you mean? Yes. I'm a little uh, pissed at Prime. You know, I'm a, uh, a fan of the show Yellowstone. And it was on Prime like last year or the year before. And I'm sure you could just get it without the Paramount Plus add-on. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, you have to have Paramount Plus add-on to get it because it's a Paramount production. And it's nine ninety nine a month. And it's just, I, it's that type of thing I find aggravating. Like, I'm going to pay another 10 bucks for Paramount Plus? I mean, really? No, I am not. I am not. Is Paramount is it, Plus the same as Paramount? Or yes, is that what Paramount is? It's their streaming is? service. Okay. I guess. Isn't it on Crave? Huh? Yeah, no, I don't have Crave. Oh, you don't? I thought you'd... Oh, oh no, no, no. It's Prime has it, not Crave. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your, what's your other uh, beef entertainment-wise? I spent three hours watching Harry and... Uh, or Megan and Harry. Those three episodes on Netflix. Absolutely loved it. I'm a big fan of those two kids. I love what they're doing. I love the fact that they're pissing so many people off, including that twit, Piers Morgan. Uh, I don't know. I it just uh, I received it very well. I, I could imagine what they were going through and knowing the history of, you know, the structure of the monarchy and the and, and the tabloids. And I, 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 you know, I try to imagine what they're going through. And I fully understand why they would want to produce this to sort of give their side and uh no, i'm again, glad to I'm hear bi- you say that because i i'm I, biased because i i you know i hate the monarchy and i don't like the royal family but um this is a kid that he you know enough's enough and uh it's time for change and well, i'm glad to harry hear you say is, that and harry has stepped out and said yeah here's what i'm doing good for him the, the reason i'm glad is because i uh, spent about an hour trying to find something to watch and, and I just can't like I, and I didn't want to I didn't that didn't interest me uh, for the similar reasons that I don't care about it enough. But now that you have recommended it, it will give me some reason to watch it because I have found the last month or so just every time I go to Netflix. Yeah, I, I've done this several times. And that's why I'm glad tomorrow on the show. Bill Brio is going to be with us because. Mm-hmm. I have started shows and 15 minutes in gone, no. No, I get it. Did it last night. I I started watching Trevor Noah's stand-up, gave it 10 minutes, no. No, I know you don't like him, but, you know, he's a good stand-up. I watched, uh, I end up watching uh, stuff I've already seen, but I will check the Harry and Meghan thing. Although the pushback is, oh, we don't want to be in the spotlight, but here's the series we promote. You know, we've produced. You know, there's that. It's like, okay, if you want to be left alone, why are you producing a six-part documentary on, well, just on watch Netflix? It. And I will. I, again, and I said, I can understand because they sort of want to tell their side of the story. The stuff that's it's out there that has been said about them, then the accusations, what gets me more than anything else, bothers me more than anything else. 
there's this prevailing thing in Britain and Piers Morgan and all these defenders of the royal family that race really didn't play a part. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to kid? Well, you know, Piers Morgan is like the is considered more like Fox News over there. You know, he's sort of the yeah. right wingy big mouth <clears throat> yeah. who gives a shit douchebag. Yeah, he's a royal ball licker. It's sickening, actually. <laughs> what? I just like the term the well, royal ball licker. Well, we all, we're not all blessed like you, Dan. We can't all lick our own balls. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, listen, you know, and listen, somebody else might okay. watch that and say, oh, Fred, right. boy, you've, you've bought a pile of shit. But well, no, I yeah. can um, just, especially even what... What they put her through, I, you know, it come, there comes a point, right? And we know the tabloids are bad, and we know what the royal family can be put through, and we know about the rumors and the innuendo and the ruthless paparazzi. Well, maybe it's time for somebody to say enough. Enough. There's um, the other side to this. Yeah, so. I mean, I say yes to all, except one of the things about watching The Crown, and I haven't picked up on the last two or three seasons, like I really liked it the first couple of years, and then I sort of like a lot of series never went back. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hate the monarchy as this show's position. I mean, you're not the only, you know, I mean, you know, I'm this. No, no, I get it. it. But but what what I found from watching The Crown is I I got sort of a renewed, you know, I'll say I got a renewed respect for what they, what she went through, at least as a 26 year old having to become queen and all those years. Now, again, the, the, the world that that developed around her as she, right. as her reign continued you know some of that was her doing but some of that was just the way the modern world reacting to an archaic system right. you know and her death maybe was a time for change and maybe it will be but i'll just say william and harry you know and they bring diana into a lot because harry's position is i saw what happened to my mother i was old enough i remember it vividly I don't want that to happen to my wife. I was a bit naive when I married Megan or we started our relationship. I never thought it would get there because it was sort of once removed. But no, it happened. William has to sort of put up with it because he's heir to the throne. He's going to be king. But Harry doesn't. He can choose the path that he chose. And it's got to not these kids. What happened to their mother? What's the real story? And deep down, I'm wondering if I wonder if Harry just thinks you bastards had my mother killed. So fuck you all. Yeah, it's I don't time know. For me. L- listen, well, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, you don't know. But I, I guarantee he's not thinking you bastards had my mother killed. You know, I mean, that's there has to be doubt there. Huh? M- maybe. But I mean, it's I, I well, anyway, I'm on your recommend. I'm going to watch it because I was literally last night flipping around in there. I looked ahead in the schedule. And I went, you know, Bill Brio is going to be on Tuesday, and I was going to, I got something. I, I'm not into Yellowstone, and I, you know, Dan recommended a series on Disney, and and, uh, and I think I would enjoy that. There's a thing on Paramount that I've wanted to watch, the making of the Godfather story. I'd love that, but I don't have Paramount. Although Dan, I did look on the uh, smart TV that we are now sharing. Mm-hmm. And there is the app for Disney Plus. So can you just log in on my TV? I could, yes. I don't know if the uh, the maximum is reached because my son Colton also is in there. Well, I'll try, yeah, well how, how many to, how many uh, are you allowed? I don't know. I've, I've lost track of it all. So we'll try. If it works, it works. So there's that. And, and my son, uh, we had a, like an hour long conversation about Andor. 
it was an hour because it was on the way back. We talked about some other stuff, and then we started talking about that because I know he's he's a concept artist, and I was talking to him about the art side of how that that show looked. And then we got into his. He really appreciated the character development and uh, how it's not so. Um, the Star Wars saga is not kind of upfront and and uh, cartoony. It's very real, so it was kind of interesting his take on the whole thing. Well, so if you can hook that, that up, I'll, uh, yeah. I'd like to watch it. Yes, Frederick. Uh, two more points. You know, the Crown and and Megan and Harry are like it's two different categories, as you know. You know what I mean? I I haven't gotten back into the Crown. You know, you hear that it's uh, you know loose with the facts and stuff, but whatever. I just haven't gone back into it. But I'll tell you, Ricky Gervais. He's a he's the reason I think it's so hard to latch on to stuff now because I compare everything to afterlife now. Yeah, it's I like I, I want to be pulled into something like that, and I yeah. just can't be because that was just so f- freaking good. And to me, sort of the benchmark now for for what you want out of a series. I totally agree. And yeah. you know, when I was in Mexico, I'm gonna tell you, I was in Mexico. Uh, and Bill and Ronnie, our friends down there, hadn't seen it. And I was like, oh, you guys. Because they were telling me about, yeah. you know, they were sharing some of their shows that they like. And I said, man, I'm almost jealous that you have. Because I would love mm-hmm. to have not seen it. So I'd have I'd yeah. have to see it all. You know, and again, maybe I should go back and watch that again. Because it was so oh, I good. Will. I will at some point. Yeah. There, and there are a lot of people are talking about White Lotus right now. Nah. Yeah, I'm episodes. not interested. You know, yeah. I, I went on. Here's what I did. I went on uh, Netflix and I saw a couple shows and I went, OK, that looks interesting. One was called Kajillionaire. It's about a family of con artists. So I go on Rotten Tomatoes, which you can do for Netflix uh, movies. It got 90 percent. So I'm like, great. And I start watching it. I got honestly, guys, 10 minutes into it last night. I went, nope, just didn't feel this. Didn't feel it. Just wasn't interested. And then I ended up watching. um you know, I watched uh, Sebastian Maniscalco's latest stand-up special, which was good. You know, not as good as the other ones of his that I've seen, but, you know, nothing that I would like. I was so excited for it. I was going to, oh, I can't wait to tell Lumby because Lumby loves right. Sebastian. And I I still haven't sent him a note because I don't know if he'd like it or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, that Lotus thing, isn't that the woman that, with the face that looks like it's Botoxed and all that? Yeah. Yeah, I forget her name. What's the premise of that again? Uh, it's a every season is a different resort. White Lotus is the uh, the corporate company that like four seasons or whatever. And the right. first season was uh, where was it in Mexico or something? And then the second season is uh, in Italy in Sicily. And so and it all takes they're, place. They're, they're, at t- the... they're totally isolated from each other as far as there's only one. Uh, the one with the Botox, she's a holdover from the previous series. <laughs> Botox face goes goes everywhere. Yeah. She's ubiquitous. Oh, I, I just call her fuck face. Oh, <laughs> do you? Really? She was in. Isn't, uh, no, no, isn't that? Well, hang on a second. Oh, you know, how clever of you? What? How clever? Very clever. You put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> I just because you couldn't wait to tell us. I just call her fuck face. Um, <laughs> fuck. All right, you know what? She do that. Why would she do that? Well, maybe she, she didn't. Maybe that's her face. Maybe. I'll tell no, you I what. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know who's got puffy face? And I had written this down because you wouldn't have known this was on, but it was exciting for, uh, you know, for me because Saturday night they did this uh, Capital One event. It's a made-for-television golf event with Tiger Woods. 
I saw a bit, you know. And Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. And they did it under the lights at some Florida golf course that they had lit up like 12 holes. And Tiger, um, you know, since he had this accident where he almost lost his leg, he's been spending a lot of time working on his upper body because he needs to compensate for the fact that his one leg doesn't work very well. Well, he looked really puffy. Yeah, I don't know did. what that is. And he had that limp. You can see the limp. Oh, yeah. He was limping. Sad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to play this weekend with his kid and this father's, you know, father-child thing. But I don't think we're going to see much of him anymore. And and physically, yeah, I just don't. There's something. How old is he, Howard? No. He's going to be 47. Yeah, he does not look good for a 47-year-old man. He doesn't look healthy. I mean, he looks no. physically. Phys- I mean, his his upper body looks great but his limp the fact that he was wa- even a small like it wasn't that big a hill he was walking mm-hmm. up to the green and he was having trouble mm-hmm. but what is that is that puffiness come from uh i wonder Maybe if he's on some medication yeah. medication whatever but uh yeah it's sad and to think a lot of that self-inflicted eh like well the accident was just an unbelievably bad yeah he was going too fast but really you know, a lot of people have gone. It's just bad luck because he had already recovered from a thousand back surgeries. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the whole outside of golf uh, tiger saga is sort of self-inflicted. You know? Yeah, but that's not what's, you know, it's not his current predicament. Oh, no, 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 no. No, the problem with athletes, and this is going to get into a discussion I want to have with uh, once we start the show. The problem with athletes is, has been, and, and Brady is the exception, but. A lot of guys just don't know when enough is enough. And it's been, it's his, going through history. A lot of guys stay longer than they should. And golf's allowed, you know, golf does allow for players to be competitive into their later years, Champions Tour, and being a senior golfer and such. But uh, I'm going to talk about a guy I saw yesterday in the football field. And, uh, right. Yeah. Brady, uh, when Brady won the Super Bowl, went to Tampa Bay, first year won the Super Bowl, he should have called it quits. That would have been a perfect ending. Yeah. Easy for me to say. As for Saturday night, I put it on for a few minutes. I got It's the same reason I don't watch the NHL All-Star Game and the skills competition. I'm just It doesn't do anything for me. I watched it, and I thought, why are they doing this? I, I, I had no, even with the profile of those players, I... It, to me, it just seemed gimmicky, and I mm-hmm. wasn't interested. I, I just I didn't spend any time with it. What about you? Well, I watched the whole thing, obviously, because, uh, I, you know, to me, I it was. I agree with you. It was gimmicky, and it was a little bit weird, but I like I like the banter. I like the not, the, not so much between right. the players, but between, right. um, between the announcers, who and all of them had little earpieces right. so they could talk to the players. Mm-hmm. And Charles Barkley... He's never disappoints me. He's really good at being on TV. He really is. And he's good with those guys. He respects them. He's respectful, but he gives them the gears. But uh, one of the holes, the uh, one of the lead announcers, a guy, I didn't know who he was, but he had a great fucking made me laugh. He says to Tiger, don't, hey, don't, hey, Tiger, don't you get a stroke on this hole? And it was just fucking great. And just in in the timing of it, it was just a really good little chirp, you know, and all the other players are like, oh, but uh, yeah, I like that part of it. The skills part of it was, you know, so-so and it wasn't all that compelling, but it's, you know, for me, it was a chance to watch it is I had heard it was happening. I wasn't quite sure when. 
But I'm sitting there, and I was watching something, and they said, this is happening now. And I said, well, yeah, it's Florida. It's in Florida, and it's it's dark out. Mm-hmm. Like, what? So they did it under the lights. And obviously, they did that, I guess, for prime time. But what yeah. was the point of that? Why wouldn't they just I do don't that? know. I thought that. I, I, I didn't really vibe with that at all. I think they just for the novelty and to do it in prime yeah. time. Yeah. And it was sponsored by, you know, Capital One. They've got tons of money. And they gave the... the the charity was Hurricane Ian Relief. And so at the beginning of the broadcast, Dan, there was Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> short little dude. Very Trump, very Trump-like. But uh, I must say, when First Lady uh, DeSantis came on the uh, television screen, I was quite, uh, I found her quite fetching. <laughs> um, little brunette, uh thing and uh woman i mean and uh yeah i was like ronda santas look at you (laughs) and you could tell she was very good at the politics being the political wife and i thought to myself this woman sees herself being the first lady of the united states of america mind seeing her tangle with melania (laughs) well they i'm sure they i'm sure they could set it up at the you know the fucking porno mara larga mara lick my balls in the sex chamber (laughs) (laughs) fucking immature a-holes let's start this fucking thing jesus This uh, episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Hubble and Fred Studios in Trendy Toronto, Pleasant Peterborough, and from the Brampton Basement Studio, next to where the Christmas tree decorations get stored. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now here are two men who on this 12-12 of 2022 are not worried about all their Christmas shopping that still needs to be done. After all, how long does it take to load up very thoughtful gift certificates? It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, I just don't think we're going to be doing much. Uh, I've Everything I've got Christmas shopping-wise is just basically um, I've either ordered it from Amazon or I've ordered it from the place... Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of you know, <clears throat> gifts under the tree. Or a tree at all, I don't know. Maybe there I'm won't be a tree. I'm now. What, your tree? Yeah, my basement, yep. Put it up on the weekend. We got a couple upstairs. Yes, it's lovely. You have a couple trees upstairs? Yes. How many do you have? Seems very excessive. Wow. They all real or all artificial? Oh, no, they're all fake. There's another thing I had written down, the price of Christmas trees this year. It's just freaking outrageous. Well, let's get to all that. Uh, Dan Duran's news will uh, be part of this broadcast at some point. And uh, let's, uh, you know, we've uh, this is that pre-show lasted forever. So let's make sure we do a little business here. And then uh, I want to circle back. Uh, you were talking about um, Gretzky on Smartless. I want to talk about I listened to an episode of Smartless for the first time in a long time yesterday. But first, let's talk about these fine folks. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have a small business, uh, check this out because it's possible to have coverage, okay, for your small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. doesn't take very long at all. You know exactly where you stand, what you can afford, the products that they offer, and there's something really for everyone, okay? 
This is prescriptions and dental and travel insurance. And then there's other branches where there's, you know, um, uh, uh, HR component. And they, they've really got on top of the mental health thing, too, through COVID, which is still obviously an issue. Is COVID gone? Not really. Is mental health because of uh, COVID? Is that no longer an issue? Uh, sorry, it still is. So you might want to just look into all that. Uh, they've been around for 40 years, 30,000 Canadian businesses. Part of this, Chamber Plan, chamberplan.ca. That's just... I uh, went to Kelsey's on Friday. You know, we talked a lot about what you and I ate there when we went about a month and a half ago or whatever it was, you know, spinach dip and these big sandwiches. But I want people to know you can also have, you know, there are healthier choices. Now that I've been uh, back on Noom for a solid week, just uh, keeping track of everything I'm eating. I had the uh, beet and goat cheese salad with shrimp on it. And, which was, you know, I, I can't remember, but it was like under 400 calories. And then I had their cheese, or their cheddar cheese soup, which I was surprised to find out was only 300 calories. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Freddie. But and, an orange, definitely. Well, but again, I don't care what color it is. I know, but I'm just saying it would be an orange. All right, Mr. Goody, super goody, noom color guy. I can't keep track of that stuff. But I'll tell you about... So there's every kind of food at Kelsey's for you. And don't forget the uh, big contest going on. Uh, Drop by and watch a game. Lots of games there. There's all sorts of prizes. And you can enter to win the grand prize. A VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you have to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game. Get a ticket and enter to win. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. So, in no particular order, I want to get to the uh, game yesterday. But first, just a quick thing. Um, I hadn't listened. I should have listened to the Gretzky episode because I was looking for something to listen to while I ate dinner. Oh, it's good. It's good. I'll go back. Um, again, on your recommend. I'm so hopeful now because I'll watch Megan and Harry and then I'll listen to Gretzky. Because last night I listened to Steve Carell on Smartless. And I listened to the whole episode. But as we've said a bunch of times, what's aggravating about the show is also what's good about the show. You know, it's very funny and it's off. It's very spontaneous. But the problem is, as interviewers, they start a thread where you're like, well, this would be interesting how he got started in Chicago. And and then all of a sudden they're off and doing some funny bits. And that's great. Will's very funny. And all that stuff is still the same. But you never circle back to. Well, what happened with that story? And that's the thing that, as I say, is both good and bad about the show, is I would have liked to hear Steve Carell talk about some of those things he was asked. Yeah, that show, it often leaves me um, frustrated by they don't ask the obvious question or the next question. You know, that stepping stone thing. Well, this question obviously leads to this question, and then it's never asked. But again, they're not. It's not what they do. And uh, obviously their profile and their fame gives them the, you know, contributes to the popularity. But you're right. I often find that. It's like, oh, why didn't you just ask that? Like, Or worse, yeah, I agree, but, yeah. you know, or worse, you asked it and then you went off on a tangent oh, making yeah. fun of Sean. Hmm. 
it's almost like the phrase, it seems rudderless at times. I mean, having said that, Carell was great. And it was great hearing the story of how they, you know, the 40-year-old version. That was sort of one of his big breakout roles. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my favorite Steve Carell Two things he said. One of my favorite Steve Carell characters was the character he played in Anchorman. Do you remember that? He played the weatherman who went kind of crazy or was sort of a, a bit of a nut. But he yeah. told the story of uh, how uh, it came about, how he pitched the idea of the 40-year-old virgin to Judd Apatow. It was just okay. a, it was a sketch he had done at Second City mm-hmm. that no one liked. Mm. It, 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 he's one of those things where he said, yeah, we kept trying it and it never really worked. And almost as an afterthought, I was in a meeting with Judd Apatow, and I said, well, what about this? And Apatow had it sort of green lit or whatever in a weekend. And the other thing that was interesting for me was he's never seen an episode of The British Office. Not once. Not once before and not once since. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand I wanted to see it before you did the series, but I was a little bit like, you weren't curious to see how your version of that character and that's what it, that's to your point about the follow-up question because i was sitting there thinking well i'd like i'd like them to ask him about that like i understand mm-hmm. not you know when he was auditioning he didn't want to do a parody of ricky gervais mm-hmm. but not once since then you know it's way behind you in your career anyway anyway did you see much of the british one I watched all of it, yeah. What did you prefer, or is they, that even something you do? It's a great question. I, I never watched the American version of The Office for quite a few years because oh. I didn't think it could compare to what I loved about Ricky Gervais's version, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, you know what? I've never really watched either, to be honest. I never really get into it. And for no other reason than it just always sort of I just never got to it, to be honest. I should. I should. And again, there's. It's not like I tried it and I didn't like it. I've just never really gone there. That's all I can say. I have. Um, you know, I loved all on the family, and I have the service here where I can watch those reruns. I've also tried to watch Till Death Do Us Part, which inspired All in the Family, the British show Till Death Do Us Part, and I. I didn't spend a lot of time with it. <laughs> the American version was way better. But it is interesting to see how one can inspire the other or, or how one borrows from the other or whatever you want to call that transition. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I was going to say, I, like, there's 10 seasons of The Office, the American version, and it's just an excellent show. Uh, there are only 12 episodes, I think. 12 episodes in a Christmas episode of the original Office, the one from Ricky Gervais and Friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. They're just so well done. I don't, I don't know what I would tell you. I would say, well, you know, maybe watch the British one first. or. But, you know, I, you know you're 70. You're going to be 67 this next year. And I don't know. Do you have enough time left in your, in your schedule to watch 10 seasons of a show? I don't know. If it, if it pulls me in. Like. Well, it's very well done. And it's very funny. And it's quirky. And, and it's the kind of comedy, I think. Listen, you like Ricky Gervais. And Ricky Gervais, by the way, produced the American office. Mm-hmm. I almost like limited series now. Yeah, so me it's too. Like I sort of get my head around it. It's like, oh, this is supposed to be good. It's only six episodes. Good. Let's do it. <laughs> That's right. You know? I'm the same mm-hmm. way, dude. 
Yeah. You know, Mike Boone has been recommending that we watch The Wire for as long as we've known Mike, and I don't have five seasons. I've started that. I've started that series probably half a dozen times. And nothing wrong with it. It's good. But I'm sorry, it just does not flip that switch for me. That I want to go back and watch it like I did. Well, it took me three runs at Breaking Bad or the way like uh, Game of Thrones I was drawn into. And Have you uh, seen... I hear, I, I hear a lot of um, complaints about Ozark, the final season and stuff, but I watched all that. By the way, have you not uh, picked up on House of the Dragon yet? No. It's a bit, you know, you'd like it because you like Game of Thrones, but it takes a bit. That's the one I told you I watched with subtitles because I couldn't figure out anyone's name. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm the same way now. Like, I, you know, I, I saw some series of camera on Netflix and I saw something. I said, well, that looks interesting. And I see that it's like three seasons already. I'm like, I'm not. By the way, I don't. I'm one of the few people I know that didn't really dig Yellowstone. I can I, I can see that. Like Same I'm already now. Like the episode last week, it was like okay, you know, and it got great reviews. You know, there was a cat fight, two women fighting on the front lawn of the ranch, and that was interesting, but not, you know, the way it was built up. And I watched it. And I thought, oh, okay. Same with Succession, by the way. Similar shows. I I watched a full season of Succession. Eh, still, I, I never went back to it. Uh, yeah, I know I watched that all. I don't know where it is as far as a new season, but um, anyway, I don't know. Let's, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's just it's a weird. I was talking to somebody about this the other day too. I think neighbor John, same thing. You sit down and you think, oh, I'm going to watch something on Netflix tonight, or I'm going to watch something good, and then you're just flipping and flipping and going and reviewing, and next thing you know, there's not enough time to watch anything, and I find myself in that position. And I think a lot of it is, is the mental fatigue or the that whole aspect of, okay, okay if I'm going to latch on to something, I have to prepare myself now for, you know, <laughs> a stretch. Oh, no, exactly. Well, that's how yeah. I started an hour, half an mm-hmm. hour ago. I said, I, I wrote down, I, I yeah. there's there's nothing right now. And you know what? I, I'm, I will. I'll check out Hag- Mary and Hagen. Mary, Harry, and Megan. I'll check it out because you, because I was, you know, I like the stuff that you like. Um, but that's part of the problem. And then I did this thing that you've talked about where I have YouTube on my smart TV. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll see some stuff on YouTube. Right. And I started watching, you know, I have an aviation channel that I go to and it's all stories about flying. And this was a story of an Air France accident over the Atlantic. It was pretty interesting. And I watched about 45 minutes of it. But I don't know, man. Here's another question. Do you have YouTube premium? No. Because I'll tell you that those ads every four to six minutes or whatever, just so fucking aggravating. I would really consider, I mean, when you sort of step back and you go, okay, the last year, what is what have my viewing habits been? Right. I'd be, for me personally, Fred Patterson, the guy sitting here. Oh, you're Fred, Fred Patterson. Patterson. Okay, yes. I've heard would of you. Would be to dump everything, but, and then pay for YouTube premium. Because I just spend most of my time there. I just do. I did this weekend. It, like, I, I catch up on the late night monologues. I catch up on... You know, they scope the most important news clips. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it no, just no. it works for me. I, 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 what is it a month? I, don't I, even I was going to say I could get rid of Amazon Prime, but it comes with my Amazon 
whatever delivery service. Yeah. And, um, like I hardly watch Netflix anymore. And if I could ever get Daniel, your son, uh, if he and I could ever get together and come over and see what's wrong with my Plex, I'd never have to worry about that again because every movie is available there. But man, I watched it last night and it's just so, I really was into this. It's a documentary about this accident. And, uh, it's just that at some point it became mm-hmm. my interest level wasn't at the same level of me trying to skip these ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of documentary slash news programs, W5 this week was good with Avery Hines. Um, it's about that flight, that private jet flight. Oh, it was commercial, small jet flight to Dominican Republic. And just before they took off, the flight crew discovered cocaine in the belly of the plane and they reported it thinking they were being good citizens Mm -hmm. and then from there it was became a shit show that's all i'll say just watch it it's very interesting i i sort of familiar with the story didn't they weren't they put in jail they were put in jail for a few days then kept at a safe house for months never charged never convicted but as Avery Haynes, who does a great job with that show, you know, she starts, you know, peeling the onion or pulling at the threads. And the show ends with everybody coming home. But some big questions about, you know, there was the crew and then there was this group of passengers. And um, it, it's quite obvious that the Dominican government was involved with the trafficking. And the minute that W5 started, you know, pulling at those strings, it's like, OK, everybody go home. Let's stop this now. Because Isn't that they interesting? Much, they pretty much saw a uh, Porta Plata. Yeah, that that was the airport, you know, an airport truck drive up to the plane at three o'clock in the morning. And that was discovered on some videotape that sort of fell through the cracks because the official one, there was 40 minutes cut out of it. Mm-hmm. And the only people that could edit that tape were airport people. So on and on. So, so my, I'm probably yeah. not going to watch it. You're not giving it. Mm-hmm. So was the crew wasn't involved with it. Were they? No, as far as I'm concerned, no, I think the passenger, that whole area is a bit shady. That was never really answered. So but is the crew home now? Yes. Everybody's yes. home. Okay. Um, listen, we're going to get to, uh, hang on, let me get rid of that. We're going to get to, uh, your, uh, bow dog read a little bit later. Let me do, let me get this. I was going to say out of the way, but let me write, let me get this Cursing going during your commute again. And then I want to talk about yesterday's game at work instead of working from home. Couldn't this have been an email when it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know, it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. So I know you don't look at your phone. I gave up after texting you once. Like, did you ever see my text? Um, yes, after the fact. But I saw it when I was in a hockey rink. I didn't see much of the game yesterday because I was at Johnny Slapshot's game. Oh. So you send me that thing, and I look down, and I'm watching the game, and then it just sort of, I forget about it. It was just yeah. a comment on the game, and I thought, well, I could have grabbed my phone there and said, not watching game, but. Okay. I did. So I watched the entire game. You know, I was not really. watching game. Okay. <laughs> I've been sucked in, man. Like, I can't remember. I've, I know I keep saying this, but I've watched more football between the Bills and watching the Grey Cup with Bill, my buddy in Mexico. Like, I was 
excited for kickoff yesterday. Like, it was weird. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I planned my whole morning. I went out for breakfast with a buddy, and I did some stuff, and then I came home. I'm like, okay. And there was golf on, which I taped and watched Ooh. a little bit later. I what? watched Yes. I watched oh, the wow. Bills game. I knew you'd love that. I watched the Bills game over some golf I could have watched around the same time. Interesting. And it was, you want, we were talking about the weather off the top of the show. I don't know if you saw enough to glean just how shit the weather was in Buffalo yesterday. Oh, yeah, I, yesterday. I saw pretty much the first half. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my text to you in the first half was, watching mm-hmm. teams punt back and forth is super fun. There was no scoring in the first half. The first eight possessions were all punts, set mm-hmm. an NFL record or something. But that was interesting for a lot of reasons because... The first half was, like, tedious, but interesting, you know? The ball was wet. Yes. The stadium was cold. Nobody couldn't complete any passes. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, it was like a CFL game broke out in the third quarter. Because basically, I think yeah. almost all the points scored in the game mm-hmm. were in the third quarter, early into the fourth. And so it was exciting, but it was like the weather was shit. And one of the things, I got 8,000 questions for you, because you told me recently that if the Bills get to first place, they get a bye, and they get uh, one of the the games at their stadium. Yeah, if they get the bye, then every game's at your stadium till the Super Bowl. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So do you think, and I'm listening to Romo, because again, they, you know, now it's the CBS game of the week. It's uh, Nance and Romo. And, oh, yeah, uh, they had the big crew there. They had the big crew there, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And they said a couple things I had sort of written down. I want to run by you. One of them is, is that, is that a big, isn't that a big advantage for Buffalo to have teams come into that fucking stormy, f- cold, wet field? Yeah, without a doubt. Because you have the the fans on your side and you have more sort of experience being in those conditions. Yeah. I, was it Romo said that yesterday? I think yeah, that's, that's, was, that's why I saw, you know. You'd this think, is Northeastern football. Exactly. And you wouldn't, it's really hard to play in that environment. Forget the home field advantage. It's the advantage of they will have had a, a bunch of games like yesterday. Yeah, the thing is, in a situation like Buffalo, you have the game, you have the home crowd, which is great, and you have the elements working in your favor because you're more used to them. You play in that more often. Where if the game was in Miami, Miami has the crowd on their side, but then it ends, right? That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because now you have pristine, perfect conditions for both both teams. Hey, by the way, they were talking about a new stadium, and I think you'd mentioned this to me. Mm-hmm. $1.6 billion edifice. Are they, right. Is that new stadium going to be more climate controlled? I think the fans will be covered, but no, it's open air, and that's, uh, that's been a question. Why wouldn't you just enclose the stadium? But they're a funny group in Buffalo, even our buddy John Ellefson, because I said, why wouldn't they build that downtown? Number one, yeah, $1.6 million. Billion. Of which I, or yeah, $1.6 billion, of which I think two-thirds is going to be taxpayer-funded, which is ridiculous anyway, because drive through downtown Buffalo, and you, you don't have a better way to spend money than on a football stadium. Oh, when yeah. You've already got one that seats 80,000 people. 
but you're not putting it downtown. And as John said, I mean, nah, nobody wants it downtown because the tailgating is so is such a culture there that they're afraid that would be affected if you took the stadium downtown. So there, yeah, it's going to be just across the parking lot there and um, on another tract of land and $1.6 billion of which the taxpayers are going to fund it. About a billion dollars worth, yeah. Yeah, so they, and again, the prevailing attitude of the fans is no, we want it out in Orchard Park because of the tailgating culture and what that what that entails. Plus, apparently, they, they had a poll too and the fans rejected a covered stadium. They wanted... The traditional element. Thing. Yeah, well, you know, they mentioned yesterday that <clears throat> they mentioned that uh, like they basically had the same temperature there yesterday as it was here. Windy and kind of around zero or whatever it is in American temperatures, 30 something. Yeah, but they, they mentioned that they were tailgating three hours before that game. Oh, Howard, guys are pitching tents at 7.30 in the morning, like huge tents, like 18 by 18 with heaters in them and big screen TVs and like it's something else. And the barbecues and the turkeys and the, the you know, the huge chunks of beef and yeah. Well, so you can see why they wouldn't want it indoors. No, no, no. I get it. Yeah. You know, Plus, they have the example of, like, Minnesota and Detroit. They were, you know, that was called the black and blue division. I guess it still is. But traditionally, you know, those were fierce teams that played out in outdoor stadiums in in blinding snowstorms and everything. Well, both the Lions and the Vikings now play indoor, and apparently it doesn't sit with a lot, well with a lot of fans because right. now all their games, especially Detroit, I've been in that stadium, I hate it. It's like sitting in a living room watching a live football game. It's just a weird vibe to me. Well, it's like just, indoor stadiums. There's indoor stadiums, and then there's indoor stadiums, and the one in Detroit I just don't like. You know, the, the Dome, and I, I haven't been to a football game in the Dome for a long time, but I do remember watching football in the Dome, and it's very different. It's, uh, you know, you know, they didn't have – like when you were at a, a – Blue Jays game and it's three quarters full. There's a nice atmosphere. And the two games I saw this year, the the roof was open, but it's almost too antiseptic. It's almost too quiet in there for football. No, I get it. And the thing is, it's hard to compare baseball and football when it comes to indoor because in football, the game was going on no matter what the elements are. Yeah. What's good about baseball is if you have bad weather, the game isn't going to happen. Yeah. But with a roof, it's going to happen. You know the game is going to happen. Yeah, it's more That's predictable. That's convenience for, for baseball. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was a great game yesterday. The first half, even though there was no score, I found it fascinating. And I like Romo. And you know what I think about Nance is just a great announcer. And, and there was a couple of things that happened. Like, first of all, uh, New York Jets have a, a, a quarterback. They got three of them. So the guy that was playing is a guy named White. Mm-hmm. They had a backup quarterback. I think his name was Falco. And they have yeah, he's this, a veteran. Yeah, we're going to talk about him in a second. And then you have this guy who they're just grooming, and he's the star quarterback, but he's had kind of a rough go of it. And I thought it was interesting that they sat him out. Mm-hmm. And as Romo said, you know, they're, they're handling him correctly. He's a rookie, whatever. So... They kept and, and this the the guy that was playing quarterback for the Jets kept getting injured or got injured, got pulled out of the game. And then they talk about this guy, Falco Flacco, Joe Flacco, Flacco, sorry, who 10 years ago 
was the Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. And there he was Baltimore. And there he is on the sidelines on a shit day in Buffalo, you know, got in for a couple of plays. And I thought to myself, what is that guy thinking? Like he was the he was the shining star of the NFL just 10 years ago. And that's what I was going to say about the idea of, you know, maybe staying on longer. You know, athletes never know when to hang it up like like what? I, I, first of all, I, I'd never heard of him. Well, no, he was never. You can't call him a superstar. He was right place, right time with that Baltimore team that won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you know, and that often happens. So he was just a journeyman who got uh, lucky well, one year. Or... Journeyman, but not. He's not like Brady, or he was never like right. Or you know, or Josh Allen stature, Mahomes, or any of those. What kind of money does he make hanging out? I I have no idea. Would be making a million a year, or a couple million a year. Uh, By now, probably yeah. Like the third string quarterback on the New York Jets. Yeah, I don't actually. I don't know what that would with that pace. No. Anyway, I just was. I thought I thought that was interesting too. That he's he's still doing his job, and he got in for a couple plays, and he's obviously very good at the position. Mm-hmm. But uh, our boy Josh Allen, that kid can play. Man, they all come out in the second half, and it was like both teams were different. New York scores right away, then Buffalo scores in a couple of plays, and Josh Allen just came alive. Yeah, he's a ticking time bomb, though. He did you see the way he leaped over that guy again? I saw. Oh yeah, he did a little spin. Oh yeah, like literally a three sixty roll over the guy to score a touchdown. Yeah, but he that other thing where he just literally hurdles a guy. Yeah, like yeah, it was weird. Like uh, not weird. I mean, he's an athlete, but man, when your star quarterback's doing stuff like that. Although on a couple of runs, you know, he smartly, you know, slid into the ground. But he gets, forget the number of times he does that, the number of times he gets hit just after he throws. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, it's funny, I've been watching again more football this year, but that's a brutal game, man. If you're on the line, you're just getting yeah. hit every series for the entire game. I'm concerned about the Bills, though, because I look at the schedule and... um they're tied with Kansas City, what they're both ten and three, but Kansas City has an easy schedule to play out. And the one that sticks out for the uh Bills is a Monday night game in Cincinnati. To me, I think they're gonna have to they gotta win out, I think. And they're gonna have to win that game, which will not be easy. Monday night in Cincinnati, because the Bengals are a good team and they're like a similar record. So I mean, <laughs> what you're saying is they, you're, you're, they'd have to win out to win the division. Yeah, because if Kansas City wins out, which is look at their schedule, and I offhand I, I can't remember, but it's easy. They will probably win out. So in order for the uh, the Bills to hold on to the top seed, they're going to have to win out. Yeah, they've got four games left because the tiebreaker is head to head, and the Bills beat the the Chiefs earlier in the season. So it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it was crazy, it's though. It's so easy. It's a lot of fun to key. It's a lot of fun to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it was, uh, I knew you'd find that funny that I actually taped the golf and watched the Bills. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was fun, though. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a fun team. And 
And I like watching, uh, again, I, and when I found out it was on CBS, I knew it was going to be Nance mm-hmm. and uh, Tony. Tony. Who makes $20 million a year. Yeah. Did you see uh, Christmas is on a Sunday? So Saturday is a, a long slate of games, and then Christmas Day Sunday, there's three games, right? Early afternoon, late afternoon, and an evening game on Christmas Day. So Wow. They're jumping all over that opportunity for huge audience on Christmas Day. So every, like, especially in America, well, here in Canada, too, every, you know, so many homes, part of Christmas will be television on in the background with football. Yeah. The, the Bills play on the Saturday, I believe, in Chicago on Christmas Eve. But then, there, as I say, there's three games on Christmas Day. Isn't that something? Now, I'm, I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not surprised, but it does sort of surprise me a little bit, you know, with the American Christian, you know, love of their Jesus. But I guess they are, you know, I guess the Lord will make an exception, you yeah, know. You compromise. Exactly. Um, let's, uh, why don't you now tell us a little bit about uh, our friends at Bodog. Yeah, and uh, Monday Night Football tonight is, uh, it's the Pats, all right, playing. Oh, my goodness. I got to grab my schedule here. Anyway, the Pats are a point and a half pick, okay? Minus 125 for the win, 43.5 is the over-under. It's the New England Patriots again. Look at Freddie P blowing it here. Monumental. I just had it. Who they were playing. I am sorry. What is going Help on over me. there? I was Help looking. I was looking at something Help else. Me. I don't have me. anything open except music and. Oh, it's the crappy Arizona Cardinals. That was problem. The game right. is in Phoenix. All right. So whether you're. Uh... <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I, I've looked at that a million times this morning. And anyway, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino, uh, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. So, yes, it is. And that's where I received those odds from Bodog. Mm. It's yeah. the Pats set the cards. <sighs> Very good. Uh, quickly, before we move away from sports, um, I was uh, hitting balls indoors at uh, my buddy Sean Casey's place, the, the guy that uh, was working with your son this summer. Burl Oak Indoor Golf, by the way. The city has exploded with, and I guess golf in general across North America, especially in the Northeast, has exploded with opportunities to hit golf balls indoors. All kinds of different scenarios and situations and simulators. But Sean Casey's Burl Oak Indoor Golf. I got to tell you, it's the it's the gold standard. If you get a chance to uh, check it out, go online. You know, they're not a sponsor, but I'll tell you, I want to help the guy out because he's just the greatest. I mean, I know Danny had a great experience with Sean. I recommended Danny to Sean or Sean to Danny. And... Um, you know, there's, like I said, it's, it, there's a real, it started a couple of years ago and then COVID, it, it's gone crazy post COVID now in people wanting to continue to play and practice. So my point is I was there on the weekend when some soccer was going on. It was there Friday and Saturday. So I'm going to tell you, just be honest, authentic. I have no idea. I know there was a exciting soccer game. 
But can you tell me who's left or is it over? Or? No, Howard. And again, you got to watch what you do because I've said before I could sit here and go, oh, I find baseball boring or, you know, I don't care for this or that. I'll tell you, I gave it some time. I, I couldn't take the guy's falling on the field and rolling over. And then, I'm, I'm sorry, and I know this is textbook and standard and soccer. Fan. Oh, you got to understand. No, I don't understand it. And they would show the replays and these guys hardly being touched and then rolling around like they just been shot. Can't take it. Don't like it. I apologize. Yeah. I have no interest in it. I loved it when Canada was in. I watched a bit the other day when England was playing because, you know, a lot of English players and or people and... No, I'm no. I I I think France is in it. Morocco. Well, that's I, what I'm asking. Is it Morocco? I don't, who's I don't. who's left in the World Cup? Is what I'm trying to ask. Because uh, you know, once Canada was eliminated, and that was three weeks ago yesterday. Yeah, or two weeks ago. Once we were eliminated, I'm like, all right, well, uh, fine. France plays Morocco on Wednesday. Argentina plays Croatia tomorrow. And none of that does anything for me. Except, you know, in typical Canadian style, Croatia beat us. Yeah. So it would be cool if Croatia won, because then we could say we got beat by the guys that eventually Morocco won. Morocco beat us, too. Oh, everyone beat us. All right. But, uh, yeah, and it's funny when you... It's, it's just so interesting, because you can... It's just, it's like you almost step to the edge before you say, no, it's, I know, I don't, sorry. I know it's a world event, but it's, I don't, it, I don't care for it. Um, no, you, you're allowed not to care for it. No, I know, but it's just the attitude. You're not, you know, you're not supposed to go there with well, soccer. I don't know about Because you don't that. understand. It's, it's beautiful. It is you a beautiful know. sport. Listen, I enjoy. It can be. It can be. Yes, I, I enjoyed, I watched almost the entire Canada-Croatia game. Yeah, but the same reason you watch. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched it if Canada hadn't been involved in it. Yes, same here. Hey, Want to hear a weird story about the World Cup? What's that? For the second time in less than 48 hours, another journalist has died. Yes. And I'm talking about... Oh, what? A second one? Second one. What? Khalid Al-Mislam is the, died suddenly while covering the World Cup. And Grant Wall, a reporter, died just a couple of days. Within, again, I'm just throwing this out there. I just find it, what? The circumstances surrounding the latest death are unclear at this stage. He had been working for the Qatari News Channel and was covering the World Cup. Yeah, the Grant Wall one, I was, I've sort of been following because... Uh he was a reporter, a soccer reporter of great uh, yes. repute in the United States. And I thought it was interesting. Day one, he tried to enter the stadium wearing a rainbow. That's right. T-shirt in support of gay rights because, you know, in that backward country, Qatar, it's against the law to have homosexual sex. Oh, yeah, um, you get thrown in jail. Well, so, his bro- so Wall's brother, <laughs> so Grant Wall. Mm-hmm. The first guy that dies uh, collapsed at uh, the stadium during a game. Yes. He was rushed to a nearby hospital, but died. The guy's in his like, late 40s. That's the first thing. Not that I, I, I didn't remember that he was the guy that tried to enter the stadium with the rainbow patch. Mm-hmm. The reason he did 
is his brother, Eric Wall, is gay. And Eric suggested there was foul play. He said, um, I don't believe my brother just died. I believe he was killed. Um, he's already, and, and apparently his brother, the guy, the reporter, was receiving death threats. This doesn't surprise me, see? I've, I, I had a feeling this may happen. Because you start to connect the dots, and it's interesting, on Grant Wall's Instagram, is he started feeling weird a couple of days before and actually wrote about it, saying, eh, I'm not, I don't feel like that. I'm going to go and That's have right. myself checked out. And, you know, these, these, these evil doers, you know, they work in mysterious ways. Like, I'm not, listen, it doesn't surprise me at all that his brother's saying that. Uh, and to your point, uh, Wall had alluded to feeling unwell just days before his death. He says, on a podcast, he said, I, my body, I think, told me even after the U.S. went out, dude, you're not sleeping enough. It rebelled on me. So I've had a case of bronchitis this week. I've been to a medical clinic. I'm feeling better today. I basically canceled everything on this Thursday and had a nap. Now, again, you know, there's a lot of viruses, you know, circling the pan, the, the, the world, you know, who knows but 48-year-old guys don't just suddenly die for no reason. Oh, and I just opened such a can of worm. Oh, was he vaccinated? Maybe he's another victim of the vaccination. Oh and on and God. on. But I'll tell you, the way a lot of those countries work, did he embarrass them? And this was the price. Again, all speculation. And I honestly wouldn't even go there, really, until you mention his brother. Because I've sort of been... Well, not bracing myself, but I thought, I wonder if more is going to come from this. Yeah, there's lots of uh, um, reaction here. This uh, second journalist was also in his late 40s. I don't know the exact age of Grant Wall, but he was under. Okay, so both of them are in their 40s. It'll be interesting now to see the second guy. Yes. Sort of connect those dots. What? What's he been up to or involved in in the past couple of months? Was he a journalist that maybe spoke out against his own government? Yeah, within 48 hours, both of these guys die at the World Cup. It's still a nasty world out there. I was saying to the lease on the weekend, I'm, you know, I'm watching this report, and Putin is attacking power grids, the power infrastructure in Ukraine. Yeah. Which means little kids this winter are going to have very little food and they're going to be cold and in the dark. How does a human being in 2022 inflict that on children? Like there's not another way. And I mean, what? There's no, there's, you know, there's no good way to be in a war, obviously. But when you do that, like when he's sitting there right now knowing what he's putting children through. In 2020, how is it allowed to happen in 2022? I uh, listened to a report on CNN the other day. Now that I've got my uh, Sirius XM working in the the evnet.ca car. And uh, they were talking to a guy from the uh, Ukraine, a gentleman. And he was saying that this winter they're on three hour. They only have power. They only have enough grid left to give people power for three hours a day. Hmm. Three hours in a 24-hour day 
in the winter time. And that's to, in the main centers, Howard. The small, like the smaller communities, they're done. They have nothing. But to answer your question, how can a person do this? How he's a fucking lunatic. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, how did how did the world allow Hitler to do what he did? Well, it was a bit naive because you know it wasn't as aware of it, but. Back to your point about it being 2022, we all know what's going on. You know, I know neither of us have any, you know, religious affiliation with the Pope, but I heard the Pope crying last week in a speech about what's going on in Ukraine. It, It moved him to tears. And what I thought was what was good about that was a Russian's got a lot of Roman Catholics, So maybe the message will get to the Russian citizenry that the head of their church is so disgusted by what's going on that it moved him to to be speechless. Mm -hmm. But the answer is just that we're dealing you're not dealing with a regular person. Mm -hmm. And what's so aggravating is how the far their fucking right wing in the States is a champion of this man. Mm hmm. And it's touchy because, you know, the war in Iraq, a lot of kids died, you know, at the hands of Americans and stuff like that. But the Americans don't. And again, I got to watch what I say. You know, the intent isn't to target children's suffering. Does that make it any better? No. But this is this is just downright evil. This is like death by a thousand cuts, like. Like what? Like, like I, I, you know, I look at my two grandkids yesterday. I see them, and I, I'm, and I'm thinking that. Like, what if we're sitting in here? There's no water. It's the winter, and it's dark. Like, what does that do to kids? Like, how do you? How are these people dealing with that? And and there's no need for it because he can, you know, launch his campaign with having a mind to children. Like, no, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's long past caring. I think at this point, you know, I get this uh, daily email uh, from the New York Times. You just sign up for it. And, you know, I stopped looking at it months ago. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should open it up and find out what's going on over there. And it's not good. And he's getting desperate. The talk of what do they call it? Tactical Mm -hmm. nuclear. Am I saying that right? Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear strikes. It's some scary shit over there. And, you know, now we're all oblivious and we've all the mm-hmm. it's almost like moved the, on. Well, it's almost like, you know, last spring, the war mm-hmm. in Ukraine was uh, like a Netflix show we were all watching. Mm-hmm. And now we're on to something else. No, it's I, like I just, you know, my furnace, you know, the blower. I told you a couple of weeks ago went. So a couple of days until I could have it fixed, we were. You know, the fireplace is on, but huddling in the cold. And that was miserable. But what, can you imagine no water in the taps? Yeah. No sewage, no proper sewage, dark, cold, hard to get food. And it's all needless. It's not like it was some natural disaster that caused this, that, well, this was, this is, (laughs) this is designed. Oh, yeah. Um. So I'm, I, when I was in Mexico, Bill, our friend Bill, gave me a book, as I mentioned last week, fascinating about what drew the Americans into World War I was the, uh, there was a conspiracy that it was possibly done on purpose where they let this luxury liner known as the Lusitania, the Lusitania, 
get torpedoed. And that was sort of, it sort of forced the Americans' hand because the Canadians, of course, were already in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we could be facing a situation. That's what made me think of it again. I know I mentioned it on the show, but what made me think of it again was that story I, I heard about him considering a tactical nuclear strike mm-hmm. on the field. The point being that if that happens, we're all going to war. This is all over. You know, we're, mm-hmm. and we're a lot closer, I think, not to be a big bummer for everyone listening, but I mean, reality is I think we're a lot closer than people would like to think. Um, because we're dealing with somebody that, as you said, it doesn't care about freezing children in the winter. He is hell-bent on bringing the Americans into a conflict. Yeah. And you know that you saw that, uh, what was her name? Brittany Griner, the basketball player. Yeah. At the prisoner swap. That I, Honestly, I, that raised my eyebrows. So you're trading... A vicious, horrible arms dealer responsible for the the deaths of thousands for a basketball player seems a bit stilted. Only because now, like, if the Americans are willing to make that deal, they could just pluck any Joe Average, right? If that's yeah. that's the kind of deal you're going to get, pluck any Joe Average, yeah. and we can get our our worst back. But anyway, that's not the point of this. That arms dealer who they freed, the first thing he did was come out and speak in favor of the Ukraine war. It was the right thing to do, and I'm behind Mr. Putin. Mm-hmm, of course, you, you, the you know the Nazis in Ukraine deserved it, and it's like wow. Wow. So much evil. Well, and getting back to the Pope, like, what will it take for the people of your of Russia to get the real story? I mean, there's been little pockets of uprising, but at some point, doesn't the average person on the street of Russia, do they really want to go to war with the rest of the world? Like, that can't be the day to day desire of average people. No, and I pro- it probably isn't. A lot of them are probably against it, but you got to watch what you say. Even with that, you know, a lot of stuff is relaxed in Russia from the way we knew it as kids, but still, you got to watch what you're doing. And, and, you know, it's no surprise the arms dealer came out and said that. Whether he believes it or not, he's saying yeah. that because they said, you say this now because we yes. got you back. And I mm-hmm. thought the same thing. Listen, as great a story as the, um, what was her name again? Griner. Brittany Griner. Brittany. As great a story as that is, glad she's home. I don't even remember why she was taken. Some minor bullshit. You know, that's not, it's all just nonsense. But I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, you know. You know, that's quite a big swap from of somebody who's like a, a war criminal or an arms dealer that's caused all this mayhem and a basketball player. Especially when there's a guy over there, I forget. Paul Wellen. Paul Wellen. Yeah. You know, and actually served for, served in the military for the country and, um, you know, arrested on trumped up nonsense, you would assume. Yeah. You would think, oh, that arms dealer, that's that's definitely worth a two for one. But yeah, they but they said no. They, they said no. They said it's either one or nothing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you never know what's really going on. That's the, you know, that's yes. the conclusion. Let's conclude that we don't know what's really going on. I'll tell you who does, though. Our friend, the retirement Sherpa. 
Oh, Tim Nibbler? Yeah. Oh. Tim, the man who's licensed on both sides no, of the No, that's a very same one. Tonight. Tim, who is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Listen, we'll tell you again, if you have a portfolio and uh, you're concerned about it, you don't think it's performing as well as it should, Tim will have a look. No strings attached. No obligation. He'll give you the straight goods. Believe us. He's the he's a straight goods kind of guy. All right? He'll say, hey, listen, <laughs> you're on the right track. Uh, stick with your guy. If not, uh, well, then you might want to go over to the Sherpa side. A lot of Humble and Fred listeners have, and the results have been smashing. They really have. Uh, he's a retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett. Contact him at retirementsherpa.ca. Licensed on both sides of the border. You know that. Hey, next time you're talking to uh, the Sherpa, why don't you ask him about Aaron Ventures? They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures, by the way, they're looking into the uh, one of their big projects is uh, boron mining. And uh, if you know anything about this mineral, it really is, you know what, it's, cri- it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just killing it all over the world. People are just loving boron. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know you're talking to a dummy like me. I have no idea what boron does, but it's, it's really, it's trending. You know, <laughs> um, Aaron Venture Strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. AaronVentures.com. Uh, you can check it out. Go Google it and see where it trades and then talk to your guy. Hopefully that guy is the, uh, the Sherpa. Our guy's back, Dan Duran. Dan? Yes, sir. We're going to get you out of here early, I promise. Okay, we're not going to fuck around. We got plenty of time tomorrow to talk about the Democrats right. uh, and their uh, desire to drink baby blood. We all oh, know yeah. that. Yep, um, you got to you got to join. The, I guess to, to to get to that stage, you have to join uh, what the club and then not tell anybody. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I think that's a real that's a great interesting point, Dan. Like, we all want to look younger, so if you're like friends with somebody. And all of a sudden, they look great, and you're like, hey, what's your secret? And they go, shh, I drank baby blood. I got it from, <laughs> I got it from the Democrats. Oh, yeah? Where do I get some? Oh, yeah, the Democrats got all the baby blood. And uh, yeah, that makes you look younger. That whole pedophile thing's uh, interesting, too. It's like, how they could, how could you get all those pedophiles to buy into, like, the one party and all become part of government? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, what do you have? Secret meetings? You a pedophile? Oh, okay, you're a okay. pedophile. Okay, good. Oh, we want you to run for the. And how does that work? Okay, when you're done yeah. with the kids, can we suck their blood out for uh, fucking <laughs> el- uh, anti aging? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we really like that guy, but he's not a pedophile. No. Okay. <laughs> he's, yeah. And and to Dan's point, like, okay, I look great because I drank baby blood. Am I just keeping that to myself? No, you know what it's like. You come across something like, you know, and uh, you're feeling good. You got a supplement that's working for you. Dan, you look great. Well, Howard, let me just show you this baby blood I got from our neighborhood pedophile. Yeah. First of all, all we have to do is join the, uh, the Democratic <laughs> yeah, right. Party with uh, 50 million other people and keep there's it a secret. A, there's no proof of that, but I sent both you guys proof of the other side carrie lake oh yeah in a prayer session yeah 
with three whack job Bible thumper creeps. Oh yeah, praying for the over, praying to God to overturn the Arizona gubernatorial yeah. election. And isn't it ironic, if I may use that word, that if anyone looks like they've drank baby blood, it's all them fucking Republican women. Have you seen them? Carrie Lake, Bridget Gabriel, yeah. uh, Junior's wife. They all look like they've had goat embryo injected into their fucking eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> but even that thing in that purse, she's still got the filter on her camera. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. She looks all fuzzed out like... I don't know. What is that for? To hide the flaws? I don't. Yeah, know. I guess, what? man. Make her dreamy. Yeah, Talk you know, dreamy. When you see all, I, I, I uh, all four of those, uh, that thing you sent us was also part of a bunch of tweets this weekend. I saw that you're you're literally sitting around on television with your eyes closed, praying to the sky muppet. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a a bunch of millions of people that would see that and go, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Meanwhile. And again, not to mm-hmm. if, you, if you if you were to tune into a, an anchorman or a woman who decided in the middle of a broadcast to shout out to their Scientology friends, they'll fucking be like, what? Mm-hmm. But there's there, there's it's all nonsense. But this particular brand of nonsense seems to be acceptable. Yeah. And as I said, all that stuff about the Democrats, it's spec. I haven't seen I still haven't seen a video where they're drinking blood or. Yeah. You know, or partaking in pedophilia or anything like that, or even suggesting it or even talk. I haven't seen one video, but I've seen lots of videos like a, like the Carrie Lake video, of the, the whack job evangelical evil right. It's, it's out there. It's yeah. two clicks away. <laughs> you know, there's so much like fucking Trump with the Bible upside down. I mean, really? Have we? I, I saw a comic. His name is Andrew Schultz. And I again down my YouTube rabbit hole search last night. He's really funny. He's been to Toronto, but he's an American. He. I would recommend him if you're looking to see what stand up, modern younger, you know, dude stand up looks like. But he's really funny. He's really edgy. And he, at one point during his act, at the beginning, he goes, "You know what? Let's just say it. Joe Biden's boring." Okay. Fucking Joe Biden is boring. He said, I don't know what he's up to. And everyone's kind of like hemming and hawing. He goes, say what you want about Trump. But man, he was, it was, you know, his whole point was how much more interesting life with Trump was. And then he goes on to talk about, he said, don't tell me you miss, don't you miss being in all those chat groups? Like, Hey, did you see Trump was acting like uh, the fucking cripple guy? No way. And then he does the whole cripple guy thing. Like, but he went through a whole bunch of those things Mm -hmm. that there was so much of it during that presidency again it was crazy but it was certainly fascinating i was also thinking though i want the government i want the president to be boring i don't want him telling me to inject clorox into my eyeballs well that that was the thing about trump one of those things just stand alone could have sunk him but there were so many that then it just became the norm you know you 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 just say like Again, who was the guy a few years ago? He had an affair, and he was running for the Gary. Uh, um, yeah, running yeah. for the Republic or the Democratic yeah. ticket, and they just uncovered an affair. Yeah, and he he was like flushed. With <laughs> you. Fucking Trump had a guy write a hundred thirty thousand yeah. dollar check to a hooker, and that wasn't yeah. enough. That wasn't it enough. Wasn't enough. Imitating somebody with cerebral palsy or yeah. something. Any one of those things in recent history would have sunk you, but there was was so many with him that. It, it almost started to work to his favor because now he's starting to talk to all the dunderheads, all the simpletons, all the people that, well, his base. 
Um, let's, as I said, Dan, we're trying to get you out of here early. So here we go. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's house. That's like a series, like live from Daryl's house. With news and views brought to you by evnet.ca. Here's Dan Duran. All right, this is kind of a meandering uh, story, so stick with me here. There's different things going on in the in the Twitter space. Uh, the free speech bastion, according to Musk. Hey, they shadow banned the account at Elon Jet, which posted publicly available flight information of where Elon's private jet is, according to its transponder. Uh, the uh, There was a leak out of the Twitter, Twitter sphere uh, of correspondence of a VP of Twitter, uh, the Twitter Trust and Safety Department, requesting Elon Jet have heavy visibility filtering. Elon actually had tried to buy this guy off a while ago. Wait a second. The free speech, you know, the free speech, the king, free yes, speech yes. cotton king who's going to bring, you know, you know, he, he tweeted this weekend. He's a fucking scary dude, too. But he tweeted a, one of his tweets this weekend was about Fauci. And he said, yes, my, that's my, next. Oh, I'm Over sorry. The, yes. The, uh, the he, he this is what he tweeted. My pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. That was really yesterday morning, uh, which, of course, prompted a, a huge uh, barrage of replies from different officials calling him out on that one. He also tweeted out a meme of Fauci and President Biden with the caption, just one more lockdown, my king. What was the uh, pronoun one, Dan? I was just going to go look it up. I'm sorry. Prosecute slash Fauci. Yeah, my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. Like, I don't know who is who is he do who is the audience for this fucking idiot. Well, apparently he thinks that the uh, COVID deniers are are uh, or vaccine. Well, actually, he supports the vaccine, but he thought that the COVID lockdowns were wrong. But anyway, he also promised to release the in-house Twitter communications around COVID. Some Twitter uh, person asked. When will we get the Twitter files on COVID? And Musk replied, oh, it's coming big time. So he's going to reveal all that. Twitter settings, cancel, account, <laughs> click. Yeah, I, you know, and we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I get that. The, the problem is you can ignore it and then none of this will touch your life, your life, your life day to day. And that's fair. That's a fair point. What the problem is, is there are 50 million people who are going to be taking this to somewhat, you know, degrees of seriousness. And you have to be you have to be that's that's a dangerous thing. You know, the. Oh, I get it. But I what's the solution? I don't know. Well, what Dan said, everyone should own Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the best meme I saw this weekend, it was it was uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump standing next to each other. And Trump looks at him and says, hey, how's your ugly wife? No. (laughs) Cruz responds. Very good, sir. Thank you for asking. 
By the way, also on Twitter, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, tweeted in response to that, I affirm your pronouns, Elon. Yeah, oh, yeah, she loves him. Um, yeah. There's also a, a meme of Marjorie Taylor Greene at a gym looking into the camera and saying, Joe Biden is a piece of shit. You know, that's nice. A congressperson. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. You may not be aware of this because you're not on Twitter. But Ted Cruz's daughter attempted suicide last week. Now, when Nancy Pelosi's husband got into a hammer fight with somebody who broke into his house, there was a tiny story from a San Francisco paper or an online uh, service that made some mention of some something like it was a, a you know it was a fight between him and his gay lover whatever it was and they retracted it because it wasn't true but the right wing reacted to that in a way that was so disgusting and even there even even publicly they weren't condemning it they, it was pretty disgusting but the way the democrats have reacted and the left wing has reacted to Ted Cruz's daughter's attempted suicide is the difference because I've seen some of the comments on Ted Cruz's Twitter since this happened, and it's all respectful for the most part, respectful and just what you would expect from people whose heart go out to just a human being. This um, it, this may have changed, but up until late afternoon yesterday, I when I was reading about this story, CNN and Fox did not touch that story about his daughter, that happening to his daughter. Because I think they sort of have this unwritten thing, gentleman's agreement. When kids are involved, we don't touch it. It was huge, and here we go again. In the British press, it was huge, that story. So Americans found out about it, but they didn't find out about it from the usual so-called mainstream media, which includes Fox. I couldn't find it there. I searched it on CNN. I couldn't find it there. And I thought, isn't this interesting? Because his daughter is involved, they're showing some class here. So then I saw another article, and then it had the Ted Cruz. I think this was through British press. They had a copy or part of Ted Cruz's Twitter feed, and it was all these people going. Because apparently, even after he found out about his daughter, he's still tweeting about how great Donald Trump is. And it was like, Ted, like, yeah, take you a, take a few days with yeah. your kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, listen, I haven't checked back for a few days since the story broke, because I wanted to see what the reaction was on the comments. Mm-hmm. And at least in the first couple of days or the days that I saw, I, I was... It was pretty, and these are people that hate Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Hate him. Now, a few of the comments were, why wasn't this for, you know, level of respect uh, shown to Paul Pelosi, mm-hmm. who I believe is still in the fucking hospital? No, no, he's out. Okay. He's, uh, he made an appearance or something. Well, he's not doing great. <laughs> he's not doing great, Dan. Oh, but but, but I think that that is the answer, Howard. It's a kid, and it's Paul Pelosi's, you know. Fine, but uh, it's still a... a a family member. And the, mm. anyway. Oh, no, I get it. But there was a lot of classless stuff with even, 
I'm reading this week, and Michelle Obama come out, and apparently she was one of the people that contacted the previous guy who owned Twitter, what was his name, and said, you got to do something about this Donald Trump guy. It's not for the country. So, of course, Fox latches on to that, that, oh, Michelle Obama is yeah, partly responsible for having Trump taking off Twitter. Well, then you read the comments attached to that. You know, and she's a man. And oh, yeah, of course. That's all the these thing. horrible things about Michelle Obama when she was right. She cared about her country. This guy is damaging our country. You, something should be done about this misinformation. How do you argue with that? But she's the evil one in the eyes of these right wing assholes. And this Elon Musk fucking idiot, you know, when he's talking about the, the Twitter suppression around COVID, the suppression was of nonsense, anti-vax bullshit that was harming people. Like, that's what it, they don't understand. He, they were advocate. He, what they did at Twitter at the time was to repress or suppress misinformation information that wasn't true to help save people's lives that's really the main difference now i just you know what there we don't have time because dan's gotta go he's got a really busy day dan do you have another story do you want to well, no, I was up. meandering through. I was just going to mention the, uh, the from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene into uh, then she said it at a, at a dinner that if uh, Steve Bannon and she had organized the January 6th thing, um, it would have been. Uh, this is the quote. I want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won, not to mention we would have been armed. <laughs> Yeah, great. Yeah. Did she also mention why uh, 10 fucking Republicans asked uh, Trump for a pardon? Pardon? <laughs> Yeah, is there not some mechanism? Wouldn't you think in this great, glorious country of theirs, there would be some mechanism for what she just said this weekend about being successful in arm that she could be removed from office? Yeah, isn't that inciting a, an insurrection? It's inciting an insurrection. It's being it's it's treasonous. It's unpatriotic. It's yeah. It's where's threatening. the where Freddie? Where's the follow up question? You mean successful at, at what for yeah. overturning the results of an election? Is that is that success to you people now? You know yeah. what? Sometimes I thank baby Jesus that I only have about twenty five more years to live because my car my heart can't take it, Dan. <laughs> Especially with all the snow that just fell. All right. Um, well, don't shovel anything. Just stay, stay, yeah, down. stay strong, everybody. I, uh, tomorrow on the show, Bill Brio will be here. Lots of TV stuff to discuss. And there's still some leftover stuff from today that I, we, we weren't going to, I was going to get to, but I just got carried away. But I'll just say that tomorrow, this is one of my favorite <clears throat> headlines. Uh, Florida man arrested after having sex with a golden doodle. And that's not even the most interesting part of that story. How's that for a a teaser? Florida man arrested after having sex with a golden doodle, and then it gets worse. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) That's tomorrow on the Humble and Fred Express. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails, even some on the air. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing makes us happy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, there are only 13 sleeps until Christmas Day. Enjoy every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. There's a
destination A little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans or just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? 